Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Silver felt the weight as of chains upon his limbs, a pressure as of a cold hand upon his lips. He struggled against the spell. I cannot, he said. Not yet. There is something that stands between us two and the freedom of the world. She pressed her form closer to his side with a subtle and naive instinct of seduction. You rape Giovanni, my lover, she whispered engagingly. What can there be? Carry me off, in thy very hands, to Doña Emilia, away from here. I am not very heavy. It seemed as though she expected him to lift her up at once in his two palms. She had lost the notion of all impossibility. Anything could happen in this night of wonder. As he made the movement, she almost cried out. I tell you I am afraid of Linda. And still he did not move. She became quite unwilling. What can there be? she asked coaxingly. He felt her warm breathing alive, quivering in the hollow of his arm. In the exulting consciousness of his strength and the triumphant excitement of his mind, he struck out for his freedom. A treasure, he said. All was still. She did not understand. A treasure, a treasure of silver to buy a gold crown for thy brow. A treasure? She repeated in a faint voice, as if from the depths of a dream. What is it, you say? She disengaged herself gently. He got up and looked down at her, aware of her face, of her hair, her lips, the dimples of her cheeks. Seeing the fascination of her person in the night of the gulf, as if in the blaze of noonday, her nonchalant and seductive voice trembled with the excitement of admiring awe and ungovernable curiosity. A treasure of silver, she stammered out, then pressed on faster. What? Where? How did you get it, Giovanni? He wrestled with the spell of captivity. It was as if striking a heroic blow that he burst out, like a thief. The densest blackness of the placid gulf seemed to fall upon his head. He could not see her now. She had vanished into a long, obscure, abysmal silence, whence her voice came back to him after a time with a faint glimmer, which was her face. I love you. I love you. These words gave him an unwanted sense of freedom. They cast a spell stronger than the accursed spell of the treasure. They changed his weary subjection to that dead thing into an exulting conviction of his power. He would cherish her, he said, in a splendor as great as Doña Emilia's. The rich lived on wealth stolen from the people, but he had taken from the rich nothing, nothing that was not lost to them already by their folly and their betrayal. For he had been betrayed, he said, deceived, tempted. 
She believed him. He had kept the treasure for purposes of revenge, but now he cared nothing for it. He cared only for her. He would put her beauty in a palace on a hill crowned with olive trees, a white palace above a blue sea. He would keep her there like a jewel in a casket. He would get land for her, her own land fertile with vines and corn, to set her little feet upon. He kissed them. He had already paid for it all with the soul of a woman and the life of a man. The capataz of cargadores tasted the supreme intoxication of his generosity. He flung the master treasure superbly at her feet in the impenetrable darkness of the gulf, in the darkness defying, as men said, the knowledge of gold and the wit of the devil. But she must let him grow rich fast, he warned her. She listened as if in a trance, her fingers stirred in his hair. He got up from his knees reeling, weak, empty, as though he had flung his soul away. Make haste, then, she said. Make haste, Giovanni, my lover, my master, for I will give thee up to no one but God, and I am afraid of Linda. He gasped at her shudder and swore to do his best. He trusted the courage of her love. She promised to be brave in order to love always, far away in a white palace upon a hill above a blue sea. Then, with a timid, tentative eagerness, she murmured, Where is it? Where? Tell me that, Giovanni. He opened his mouth and remained silent, thunderstruck. Not that, not that, he gasped out, appalled at the spell of secrecy that had kept him dumb before so many people falling upon his lips again with unimpaired force. Not even to her, not even to her. It was too dangerous. I forbid thee to ask, he cried at her, deadening cautiously the anger of his voice. He had not regained his freedom. The inspector of the unlawful treasure arose, standing by her side like a figure of silver, pitiless, and secret, with a finger on its pale lips. His soul died within him, at the vision of himself creeping impresently along the ravine, with the smell of earth, of damp foliage in his nostrils, creeping in, determined in a purpose that numbed his breast, and creeping out again, loaded with silver, with his ears alert to every sound. It must be done on this very night, that work of a craven slave. He stooped love, pressed the hem of her skirt to his lips with a muttered command. Tell him I would not stay, and was gone suddenly from her, silent, without as much as a footfall in the dark night. She sat still, her head resting indolently against the wall, and her little feet in white stockings and black slippers crossed over each other. Old Giorgio, coming out, did not seem to be surprised at the intelligence as much as she had vaguely feared, for she was full of inexplicable fear now, fear of everything and everybody except of her Giovanni and his treasure. But that was incredible. The heroic Garibaldino accepted Nostromo's abrupt departure with a sagacious indulgence. He remembered his own feelings and exhibited a masculine penetration of the true state of the case. Babene, let him go. Ha, ha, no matter how fair the woman, it galls a little. Liberty, liberty, there's more than one kind. He has said the great word, and son Gian Battista is not tame. He seemed to be instructing the motionless and scared Giselle. A man should not be tame, he added dogmatically out of the doorway. Her stillness and silence seemed to displease him. Do not give away to the enviousness of your sister's lot, he admonished her, very grave, in his deep voice. 
Presently he had come to the door again to call in his younger daughter. It was late. He shouted her name three times before she even moved her head. Left alone, she had become the helpless prey of astonishment. She walked into the bathroom she shared with Linda like a person profoundly asleep. That aspect was so marked that even old Giorgio, spectacled, raising his eyes from the Bible, shook his head as she shut the door behind her. She walked right across the room without looking at anything, and sat down at once by the open window. Linda, stealing down from the tower in the exuberance of her happiness, found her with a lighted candle at her back, facing the black night full of sighting gusts of wind and the sound of distant showers, a true night of the gulf, too dense for the eye of God and the wiles of the devil. She did not turn her head at the opening of the door. There was something in that immobility which reached Linda in the depths of her paradise. The elder sister guessed angrily. The child is thinking of that wretched Ramirez. Linda longed to talk. She said in her arbitrary voice, Giselle, and was not answered by the slightest movement. The girl that was going to live in a palace and walked on ground of her own was ready to die with terror. Not for anything in the world would she have turned her head to face her sister. Her heart was beating madly, she said with subdued haste. Do not speak to me. I am praying. Linda, disappointed, went out quietly, and Giselle sat on unbelieving lost dazed patient as if waiting for the confirmation of the incredible the hopeless blackness of the clouds seemed part of a dream too she waited she did not wait in vain the man whose soul was dead within him creeping out of the ravine weighted with silver had seen the gleam of the lighted window and could not help retracing his steps from the beach on that impenetrable background obliterating the lofty mountains up by the seaboard she saw this label descend to Miss Silver, as if by an extraordinary power of a miracle. She accepted his return, as if henceforth the world could hold no surprise for all eternity. She rose, compelled and rigid, and began to speak long before the light from within fell upon the face of the approaching man. You have come back to carry me off. It is well. Open thy arms, Giovanni, my lover. I am coming. His prudent footsteps stopped and with his eyes glistening, widely, he spoke in a harsh voice. Not yet. I must grow rich slowly. A threatening note came into his tone. Do not forget that you have a thief for your lover. Yes, yes, she whispered hastily. Come nearer. Listen. Do not give me up, Giovanni. Never, never. I will be patient. Her form drooped consolingly over the low casement towards the slave of the unlawful treasure. The light in the room went out, and waited with silver. The magnificent capotas clasped her round hair, white neck, in the darkness of the gulf, as a drowning man clutches at a straw. End of Part 3 Chapter 12